0: Well, hello. Uh, good morning, everybody. I don't like you, Toby. I'm wearing a shirt and tie for the first time this week in, in about two years. Uh, that's what I'm really worried about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is, I, 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 I echo Paul's words, you know, it's, um, we're still in education. I've gone gone back to education. And so it is that time, isn't it? That sort of um, uh, new pencil case. I moved my desk over in a different part of my study. You know, It's just, it's just that time for maybe refocusing, re, retuning. Um, and and, as, uh, and so we start our, our series on Ephesians that will run uh, through the autumn. Um, and as the, the kind of first up, as it were, uh, the opening bat, um, I, I, it falls to me to make a few introductions. Um, so first, why Ephesians? Well, as a VLT, we we um, we met in July, um, not long after our uh, June church meeting, um, for one of our six monthly retreats. Um, and we we had a real sense that God was laying on our hearts um the theme of unity um both as a result of, of the church meeting but but more generally you know we're very conscious that um, in society we make choices you know we are consumers we can choose what we do and how we do to almost infinite limits uh, I know that's tautologists. we can almost have a limitless choice um and uh, and so we can choose um, and we have been able to choose how we do church, for example, over, over lockdown. Um, and, and yet we want to and felt God very clearly inspiring us to think about how we can do all these things and still retain unity. And as we delved into Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, then we came excited at the richness of the doctrinal focus in those first few chapters, the prayer in chapter three that we'll no doubt be familiar with and be looking at later. And then the practical section that applies these things uh, and explores how we might live in ways that the church gives glory to God. So really practical, really interesting. Um, and so, as Paul's already said, we'll be looking at, um, at the letter uh, thematically, um, and we've asked our speakers to look and, and see what it is that speaks to them. So that'll be really interesting and exciting. We'll be hearing about God's purpose, about love, of course, reconciliation, the prayer in chapter 3, these are all to come. And and, and I suppose the fact that we're looking at this uh, uh, together and in this very um, kind of non-prescriptive way means that I think uh, consistent with with what we're gonna look at today, there's an opportunity for us all to join in on this. So can I start in that kind of new terms sort of way? Can I encourage us, each of us to read and reread this letter uh, uh, to the Ephesians uh, once a week for the next eight weeks? how does that sound i i i read it um, uh, not not at speed not at great not at great deliberation either it took me about 20 25 minutes um, and i just know that from my experience i did a um, a retreat in daily life and the theme of which was to take uh, a, a portion of scripture and reflect on it every day just for just for 15 minutes or so and it was fantastic to have that sense of really uh, living with uh, a portion of scripture and I wonder whether we as a church can do that uh, over the next eight weeks or so, whether we can find just 20 minutes or so every week to read the six chapters uh, of this uh, this really you know great letter. It's not a letter that was written particularly to address a, a concern in Ephesus, rather a sermon or circular that is thought to have been designed to be shared around the believers in Ephesus and, and, the, and the area. So it's full of general perspectives and thoughts about how to act and why Uh, and I believe that if we can each spare 20 or 30 minutes a week uh, to read the whole letter read it as read it as it was written uh, we'll find God speaking to us as a church and individuals in a way that is exciting uh, and relevant dare I say unifying for our situation so can I leave that with you can I I I might if I may just ask how we're getting on uh, in, in subsequent weeks. But, but, but what of our situation? Well, there are a, num- a number of big things on our to-do list at the moment, and I guess uh, we'll all know about them. Our search for a minister continues as we prepare to get into a different uh, selection process. The Baptist Union changed uh, from matchmakers to uh, recruitment agents, and we'll, we'll be talking a bit more about this uh, at our church meeting. But that's, uh, uh, that's on our list of things to do. In the meantime, um, I'm connected to that. You know, one of the interesting feedbacks and, and most common reflections from our church meeting was to revisit who we are, what we stand for. And of course, we don't just mean the, the songs and baptismal promises. Uh, to, to hear again where God is leading us, uh, notwithstanding our differences on certain issues. So that's the second of uh, maybe related to the first. But... Another big thing on our list to do. And of course we have the return to Langley, which again touches on who we are and how we are. Here too, we have our own perspective. Some are disappointed that we're not back at Langley today. Uh, others mightily relieved, not wanting to get back at all. Perhaps still wary of the public health situation. Some of us have quite enjoyed the ability to uh, pick a mix from the service, to turn up in our pajamas, uh, not to have to travel, to have coffee on tap. So how can we, how can we grapple uh, with, with our preference, with our quite subtle preferences in some ways? How can we reconcile differences? How can we move on uh, when some of us want to move back? How can we be confident uh, when we feel threatened and unsure? These are the things that, that, that are our situation. These are our things. Uh, which I believe God uh, will speak to us through through Ephesians. Um, these are the things that we are called to square up to and to be distinctive about. These are issues that face the whole world. You know that in the in the business world, then there's a big debate about whether people go back at all uh, to, to to the office. Whether the, there have been articles this week about commuting and people saying, what on earth do I do this?" Decades. Um, and so we're not alone. And there's a chance for us to be distinctive as a church community um, and for the church to be distinctive. As we look across at the church and the community of believers of which we are a part, how do we do unity when there are, there are things that we disagree about? What of unity in divisive times? Do we have to be cloned? What is God saying? Okay, we're, going to, um, we're going to dip into Ephesians and uh, we're going to do that in chapter four uh, in uh, using the uh, NIV. So um, I, this was initially going to be about chapter one, but I, I got spooked when I realized, firstly, um, I think Mary's going to be speaking about chapter one uh, later on in the series. I didn't want to um, stand on her toes. Um, and also, um, yeah. And, and so uh, it, chapter four is that start of the more practical application about how the church can live. To god's glory so um so I, I, I ran out of time to ask anyone to read it so forgive me if you can uh, bear with me in my voice i will read uh, chapter four to us now starting uh, at verse one paul writes this as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love what does it mean what what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe so christ gave uh, the apostles christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service So that the body of Christ might be built up until we reach unity, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work so there you go that's uh, chapter four starting at one verse one uh, and uh, going through to verse 16 and um There we go. Um, and um, there are um, three things, of course, that there has to be three things that I just wanted to, to kind of draw attention to, having kind of raked over and looked at that part of, of the epistle. So here, firstly, it struck me we are to keep, it's not a case of working towards it so much, um, we can work to get deeper, we can work so we're all unified, but the unity itself is one that is a gift. Uh, we have through the spirit in the bond of peace that's verse three uh, secondly our differences are to take us to deeper unity okay our differences are to take us into deeper unity that's verses 11 and 12 and thirdly knowing the son of god leads to maturity uh, growing up into him and the full measure of christ um, and that again is part of unity so let's um let's take a look at those in turn um firstly Uh, The unity is one that we already have, and our, our challenge is to keep it. Paul seems to be saying that our unity is a gift from God, made possible by the cross of Christ, made effective by the working of the Holy Spirit. As I say, it's not created by us, it's given to us. And it's our responsibility to keep it, to guard it, in the face of attempts to destroy and take away. And we see mention of the fruit of the Spirit, don't we, as Paul urges, uh, gentleness, patience, humility, bearing with each other in love. This is the environment in which we are urged to make every effort to keep our unity. Uh, now, let me just give a quick plug. Um, this um, uh, I'm a fan of, um, of Tom Wright and this series of, uh, you know, um, For Everyone, um, he, he's written a whole bunch of books uh, that have John for everyone, um, you know, Matthew for everyone, uh, um, some of the Old Testament as well, and of course, um, letters. This is the prison letters uh, version, uh, which looks at Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. It's great, um, and uh, available at all good bookstores, very kind of digestible. He's got his own translation of, of portions of scripture, uh, and then, I don't know, Four or five, five or six pages of reflection insight, uh, which are really cool. So, uh, if you're looking to get get deep into Ephesians, can I encourage you to to do this? Not do this, read this. Um, and, and according to Tom, he says this that um, that that phrase um, make every effort you know, to keep our unity. If anything slightly under under translates the the original, a better phrase might be spare no effort. Um, and I think this. For me, that, that imposes on an expectation to to a really hard, spare no effort. It's like I don't know the things that we would do that really matter. We'd spare no effort. We wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to look at each other or ourselves in the mirror and say mm, I could have done a bit more. No. Spare no effort, um to protect, um, to uh, to uh, preserve, to hold on to, uh, to develop our unity, um, and. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder if unity is one of those things that we take for granted most of the time, and it's when it's threatened then we realise just how precious precious it is. And I thank God that division is not something that we have is our usual church experience. You know, after the church meeting in, in June, uh, we've been talking to people. If you haven't got to yet, don't worry, you're on our, on our list. Um And somebody somebody said <laughs> all church meetings they were in a church. Previously, when every church meeting was, um, was uh, high octane, you know, and there were regular, you know, kind of um, challenges to, to unity. Um, uh, so uh, it's not our, uh, that's some ex- church experience. It's not, it's not, I think, ours. Um, but but it, it, it's kind of uncomfortable, isn't it, when we feel that our unity is, is threatened. And um, Paul encouraged us to, as I say, spare no effort, to hang on. Um, and that's not an emotional thing, is it? That has, that's a matter of resolve, of, of intent. We, we, we're to hang on to our unity, whether we feel like it or not. In this respect, um, I was talking to Karen yesterday, and she said, yeah, that's like forgiveness, isn't it? Forgiveness. We, are, we know that forgiveness is right. We know that is in the heart of God. Uh, and we know that we are called to forgive whether we want to or not, you know, whether we feel like it or not, whether it's fair or not. And I wonder whether unity is the same. Unity and forgiveness, of course, they go hand in hand, don't they? It's probably, you know, the reality is that we're never going to have unity if we don't have forgiveness. And, um, you know, so, so unity isn't this airy-fairy notion, smile sweetly, have a cup of tea, everything's going to be okay. It's not, this is one of my mum's phrases, um, it's not pussyfooting around. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, it's gritty, it's, um, it's hard, and it requires grace. Do you remember the vows of grace? I think of all the things Tim taught us. It, the vows of grace are the things, interestingly, you know, we hold on to. Um, if you remember them, put them in the chat. Listen out for a couple of clues. Um, uh, they've been quoted to, uh, and shared, you know, as we've talked following the church meeting. You know, uh, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? We and I feel God is calling us to take on grace, go deeper into grace, to shelve our offence. Ding. and whilst it may be inconvenient and uncomfortable, ding, ding um, if we add those to humility, patience, like Paul says, then, uh, you know, then I feel encouraged that there is a chance. Of course, love is critical. Uh, and yes, has it been offensive to hear things with which we disagree violently? Has it been awkward, ding, to meet with those whose theology feels disrespectful to to the past. Well, yes, and yes, welcome to grace, everyone. Grace, again, it's not wishy-washy, is it? It's not soft and simpering. Uh, Grace and unity is gritty. It speaks of commitment and resolve. It comes from the very heart of God and is, uh, is of the spirit in us and us in him, of us in Christ and him in Christ. Uh, it's how we get the bond of peace sorry how we have the, the bond of peace um part of god's gift and and how how we are to to preserve it and that's a brave peace you know not a uh, not a um not a kind of papering over the cracks peace a costly peace but a godly peace and one for which god and christ are both our model to follow and the means by which we will achieve it Yeah, and with grace, in the words, and you're putting them in the chat, have we got them? Well done, everybody. Yeah, indeed. Goodness me. Prizes will be awarded. Um, But there they are. Awkwardness, embarrassment, inconvenience, offence, and uncertainty. These are not comfortable things, are they? They hurt. It's not fair. Um, But uh, if we are to move forward, if we are to be that distinctive witness, um, uh, thanks to Paul and, and Neil for sharing at, at the start um uh, for really kind of getting our hearts and heads in the right space um, if we are to uh, live as Christ prayed for us if um, if we are to do to, to be distinctive um, if we are going to be uh, a fair reflection of, of or, or a start of a reflection to those who don't yet believe uh, then it, we have to live differently we have to be gracious. And we have to realize that, you know, we can't, we can't fulfill that call to be gracious and and not be prepared to change. Something's got to give, you know, when the irresistible force meets the immovable object, grace says so something's, something's going to have to give. And we know when we were far off, um, God found us and in love saved us. Uh, so that was point number one don't worry, whenever I do three points, the first one's always the biggest and then the, the other two follow on. Um, thank goodness, I hear you say, at eight minutes and 44 seconds. So uh, point number two, um, our differences lead us into deeper unity. That's cool, isn't it? That is, um, and so kingdom, you know, I've been, uh, you've heard me talk about how the kingdom is different, isn't it? It's paradoxical, it's, and yet so profound. Um, and, um, and here I think, you know, we, you know the, the notion that God should equip his church with different gifts and different callings and that he brings them together is, is a familiar idea. Corinthians says, you know, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. God lives in each of the members of his body in complementary ways for the benefit of the body and for the benefit of the world. And here Paul is is writing verses 12 and 13 to how some are apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers why to prepare god's people for service Hmm, that's interesting so that we may be built up until we reach unity until we're all um, reaching unity. sorry we all reaching unity. isn't that interesting service leads to unity it's like 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 paul reminded us earlier jesus said that our love for each other will be how people know we are his disciples love is his service isn't it love is to prefer another so unity involves all these things. And, of course, um, uh, disunity equally speaks, doesn't it? And um, his book. I didn't do a PowerPoint. This is kind of real-life stuff. This is a book uh, by Francis Chan. Now, he's not my usual kind of go-to uh, author, uh, but in that spirit of September and being brave, and I, I picked this up, and um, it, it's... Uh, well, I've only got as far as the introduction, which, which to be fair, is about 40 pages. And chapter one, yeah, sorry, but the point is this. Uh, he says, uh, looking at unity, he says um, this, um, our lack of praise uh, may actually be the biggest cause of division. Once we stop worshiping, he says, all hope for unity is lost. This is what unites us, when we can't stop talking about the treasure we have in Jesus. And, and he says also a bit later on, um, when we're on our knees praising God, metaphorically. Uh, perhaps, but when we're on ease praising God, then there's no space for arguing with our brothers and sisters. And he's not talking about just song worship, is he? Praise and lives characterized and saturated in praise are so much more uh, than what we sing and, and, and how we sing it. And, and I wonder whether we God is calling us to to reflect on how much time we spend gazing at Jesus and considering and and, and, and saying. How amazing he is. We were God's enemy, destined to face his wrath. We are now reconciled to God and adopted as his children. God now abides in us. And this is not just head knowledge. We breathe because God gives us breath. We are in Christ, not just looking at or even marvelling at him. As believers, uh, we are in Christ. As I say, this is such a fantastic image, isn't it? We are in Christ. Every molecule of our being is in Christ. Of course, we talk about Christ in us. We sang about Christ in us. That's also true. And we are in Christ. Um, So, as I say, Mary's going to, I think, talk a bit about this later on, so I'll I'll, I'll pause there. But, oh, to be in Christ and Christ in us, uh, why would we want to jeopardise the fullness of that? Um, uh, and, and that's how of course we can preserve unity being in that space knowing that which takes takes us to our third point um yeah third point um knowing the son of god leads us to maturity to grow up in him and to the full measure of christ and that is isn't that what, what our heart's desire uh, is um uh, and, and did you pick up on the story that uh, came out, I think, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, perhaps, um, Operation London Bridge? Did you hear that? Um, it's the secret plans or previously secret plans for, for the events that follow the Queen's death. Apparently, 10 days of events before the funeral. Now, according to the Express newspaper, the pious were said to be furious uh, at the leak. Um, however, the article went on, uh, the Queen is in good health, <laughs> aged 95, but in good health. Now, we all know about the Queen. To some, to a greater or lesser extent, um, we know her. We can't escape her. Her image, there you go, is on banknotes. It's on coins. Did you need a visual effects? There you go, on coins. It's on stamps. I had to look really hard for a stamp. There it is. Um, look at this. This is my. Uh, I've even so. So we wonder know what she looks like. Okay. Some of us may have got a bit closer to her. Look at this. This is um, this is my dad's. Um, There's a certificate um, signed by, there she is not there, the queen. Um, So, you know, we we know a lot about her, um, but I expect very few know her. And we must guard, mustn't we, against knowing about the Son of God? Uh, We must guard that that doesn't take the place of knowing the Son of God. And that's what we're called to in, 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 in this letter. It's been said that the church knows how to equip people to live for Christ, but not so much to live in or perhaps with Christ. And what is it that speaks to us of being in Christ? How do we find that depth of relationship? How do we sense his presence? Do you remember Paul, the other Paul, our Paul, um, a few years ago said, um, two minutes a day, two hours a week, and two days a year. I think that was right. Two minutes a day at least uh, two hours a week and two days a year. That, that pattern of different types of times had to sign perhaps of different, different seasons in the year, different, um, different ways of maintaining and developing a relationship with God, uh, reflection, uh, praise, worship, whatever it is. And I think um, it's interesting. We, in my formative years um, a while ago, then it was the, it was the morning quiet time bish, bash, bosh, and, and nothing else. <laughs> um, uh, now, you know, I think um, for, for lots of reasons, there's a much more varied diet, isn't there, of how we can keep our minds in Christ. I'm a recent fan of the Lectio 365. Um, it pops into my, it's an app, it pops onto my phone uh, every day. Um, and Really lovely uh, and and thought-provoking, prayer-inspiring content, Um so, uh, you know, as we, as we are growing up into him and attaining the fullness of Christ as a means of, of protecting and preserving unity, uh, then we can look forward to not being tossed around, it said, didn't it, by the situations of life. We stop treating God like an emergency kind of ejector seat or genie that delivers on our wishes for our convenience. It's the fullness of Christ that means we can be inspired and equipped to love each other even when we disagree or don't like each other so as we come to a conclusion i wonder whether we can agree to pray for each other to grow into the fullness of christ is that a thing we can do can we pray just a short prayer that we might each other grow each of us grow into the fullness of christ and and of course we need we need each other to do that we need to um, you know it's in community that we find unity I should have that on a t-shirt it's in community that we find unity so we need each other um, and and thank goodness that 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 we have each other um, and and that's hard because we know that we as I say we see the world in different ways um, and yeah, let's reflect um, on, on these things. We're going to come to an end now. And I'm going, if, I, if it's okay, here's a, a very short uh, prayer that is lifted from this week's Lecture 365, which has been about shalom, about peace. Uh, and it said this on Friday, actually. Um, it's easy to think of division in the church as somebody else's problem, but I am part of the body of Christ. And so today, start with my own heart. Am I resisting the work of Jesus on the cross by harboring hostility towards another Christian am I focused on what divides us let's pray this prayer Jesus I repent of my hostility remind me of what unites us and I bless the person or people I struggle with now I think about the racial and cultural makeup of us of our region and I wonder do we reflect the same beautiful tapestry of diversity Jesus show me who we are excluding. Even if it's unintentional, how can we welcome and build real friendship with those who will enrich us? And lastly, Jesus, I confess that sometimes I try to remake the church in my own image, including those I value, excluding or ignoring those I struggle with. Jesus, I am yours. Teach me what it is to love my Christian neighbour as I love myself. Amen.